4: each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with guest expert Chief Jim Keegan of the Illinois Fire Service Institute. He'll be discussing with us fire safety precautions and training that have been put into place as a result of the terrible Iroquois theater fire. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, Jim. How are you?
5: I'm great. How are you, Rebecca?
4: I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today.
5: Oh, thank you for having me.
4: I wanted to start off. Uh, by asking you uh, some background on the Iroquois theater while it was being built. So in 1903, what were some of the state of the art fire safety features that it featured, you know, contained for its time and, and why did officials and, and reporters alike label it as fireproof?
5: So the the Iroquois theater was built um, and opened up in November, of uh, 1903 and it it was plush it was state-of-the-art it was the -the top-of-the-line theater in Chicago at the time and the reason they called it fireproof was because the building itself had nothing to burn it was it was marble and steel and um, concrete so it was a a, a massive structure um, five stories tall um, down uh, down in Chicago uh, on um, Randolph Street between State Street and Dearborn. So it was it was at the time what they believed was state of the art.
4: On November 30th, the day of the fire, it seems that everything that could have gone wrong went wrong.
5: Well, it, it absolutely did. So so the the, the fire began um, at the afternoon matinee. Um, on again december 30th and and the theater was packed full um it had seating for 1625 1626 depending on on your where you find your sources um But they they added another two, three, four hundred people in a standing room only, sitting in the aisles, uh, sitting on the stairs to see this show um, called um, Mr. Bluebeard with um, a a, a Chicago native, Eddie Foy, who was a a well-known actor at the time. And um, the fire began um, backstage um, in a area where they were doing lighting during the second act. So they had this uh, old style spotlight and that spotlight um, either arced or um, threw a spark or came into contact with something um, in the backstage and a fire began and that fire um, spread throughout the combustible material that was all over the backstage area. Um, This was, this was a production that had um, over 300 actors and actresses that were part of that, um, 800, and, uh, 800 different sets and materials of sets. And, and the problem was, yes, the, the building was fire resistant, but all of the material in the building was very Combustible it, it burned very readily, um, the drapes or curtains for the stage were were uh, very combustible um, the uh, material that was part of the stage sets very combustible, so all of that material was was fuel for the fire and and once the fire started um, it was it was recognized very early by the electrician that was working the spotlight, um, but back then. Fire in theaters was was a, a tremendous fear. So all large theaters like that had to have a fireman or a fire a firefighter or a fireman back then at the at the production during during the program to provide fire safety. And and that firefighter quickly climbed up some ladders and, and had a, a a dry chemical extinguisher um called a kill fire, which mainly was back then Sodium bicarbonate, um, uh, Arm and Hammer baking <laughs> soda. So, so he 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 had two of those, and he, and he put it on on the material that was burning. But the material burned so rapidly that it extended beyond that and extended beyond his reach. And um, his job was uh, to to assure fire safety, deal with any emergencies, and to make that decision. To drop what they had back then was a large asbestos curtain that would separate whatever was backstage burning from the people in the front of the theater. It would would stop the smoke and in theory stop the fire. But that didn't work that day. Um, it in the process of being dropped, it got hung up or hooked on something, or um it wasn't installed properly, keeping in mind that the theater had been open a little over four weeks um so that didn't work, and the fire continued to grow um what What also should have happened back then is that a theater that size should have been sprinkled or should have had fire hoses for the firemen to utilize to extinguish the fire. It it wasn't sprinkled. Um, it didn't have those fire hoses, and the fire just just literally rapidly grew in all of that combustible
4: material. Oh wow. So I- I'm assuming that this asbestos curtain method in theaters is no longer used. Well,
5: to be honest, it's still around. And um, that curtain is called a presidium fire court curtain, like um, Greek, you know, big persidium. Um, and, and they exist in, in theaters today, but they're not asbestos. They're, they're fire-resistant material. The other thing that, that modern theaters have is that none of that material backstage, none of those curtains, none of those, those materials on, uh, on the stage are supposed to be combustible or... Readily combustible. And most large theaters today have sprinkler systems that that in, in in this situation, one or two sprinkler heads would have easily contained that fire.
4: Wow. So I heard that there was 20 that 27 of the 30 exits at the time of the fire were locked. Um, Now people even if they could open them they couldn't find them because they were either hidden behind drapery or there were no exit sign. Uh, Why was this the case and can you tell us how things have changed.
5: So the 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 doors to the exits and and out of the theater were locked because they didn't want people one sneaking into the theater and not paying that was a big concern in addition to that between the levels of the theater so you had literally three levels of theater of seating there between those levels they had scissor gates, um, you know, those metal gates that collapse that, that you might have seen in an old building or on the front of a building. Yes. Um, breaking in. They had those closed so the people at the, uh, the inexpensive seats couldn't sneak down to the more expensive seats during the show. So those, those, those doors were locked. Um, those doors were also locked. With a locking mechanism that was not um, familiar to most people at the time, um, they had, it was it was something different that they had acquired from Europe, and it was in the days before they had the doors like we have the panic bars where you press the press the bar on the front of the door and the door opens. Um, they they were they were literally locked and and nobody knew how to unlock them what they were supposed to have is that there were supposed to be ushers stationed at all the doors and, and one, the doors were supposed to be unlocked and two, the ushers were supposed to open the doors in the event of an emergency. None of that happened. <sighs> so today, if you go to the theater, all of the doors that close have either they're not latched or they have panic hardware where all you have to do is push it and it opens up and you're able to escape out. Um, the other problem with some of the doors, um, some of the exit doors, in particular, some of the exit doors on the back of the building building to the fire escape, were literally two feet off the landing of the fire escape. Ah. So when 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 the, the the evacuees stepped out, they thought they were going to step out onto a landing and there wasn't a landing. They fell two feet. And to make matters worse, the fire escape had no exit to the ground. It was, it was off the ground uh, uh, about a story. So people were literally trapped on the fire escape. <sighs> Plus, to make matters even worse, the doors of the fire escape opened outward. And when the, the doors from the second floor were open, you couldn't progress down uh, to the first floor or from the third floor. You couldn't pro- progressed down because those doors were open out onto the fire escapes, which they need to be so they go out. But they obstructed everybody's ability to get off of those those fire escapes.
4: I see. So the doors, they had to open out. But that meant that there was no space for them to be on the fire
5: escape. The fire escape wasn't large enough for people to get around those doors. Wow. So, so it, it, it just compounded. And, and we're talking, we're literally talking about nearly 2,000 people in the theater that day, you know, 1,800 to 2,000, depending on on um, the numbers that you use. So, so, you know, hundreds of people are trying to get out. And they can't and they're falling onto this fire escape or they're trying to get out narrow corridors along the stairwells and they can't get out or um, they're trying to get through the aisles and, and there are people sitting in the aisle. And that's why in a theater today, you're not supposed to sit in the aisle. You're not supposed to stand in the aisle because you can't get through in the emergency.
4: Right. So the audience members in the main level were mostly able to exit. Um and without injury, luckily, unfortunately, those in the balcony seats were not as lucky. Um, what caused these audience members to get trapped other than the gated doors
5: so that's a that's a great question. So when a fire builds and fire grows. that that heated air and smoke rises that's why um firefighters tell you that that if you have a a fire in your your house to stay low under the smoke and 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 to crawl out not run out well Mm. all of that heat and fire um gases superheated fire gases because remember everything inside the theory theater the seats the curtains the stage problems, the ornate wood structure inside the theater was all combustible. So it dr- generated a tremendous amount of, of heat from that fuel burning. And when the stage and the actors exited out of the back of the theater, they opened that door, those doors back there, which provided all of that fuel, ample amount of air, so the fire just continued to grow and grow. So, so as that smoke and heat rose, it rose into the area of the second and third levels and then the balcony at levels where the people down on, on the, the lower level or the mezzanine level were initially below the smoke and the heat. And as that fire continued to, to grow and accelerate, the, the building was designed to have a ventilation system that would vent the byproducts of combustion or fire behind the stage. Um, That wasn't properly installed. It didn't have the counterweights and it was the middle of the winter. So somebody decided to board part of that up. So the cold air didn't come in. Hmm. So all of that air got sucked in to the auditorium area where all those people were. And then it was vented out through the vents in some of the vents in the ceiling of that auditorium area. So all of that fire got drawn in to where all of those people were.
4: And do we know what the main cause of, of death was during the fire? I mean, so
5: so there were, there were a couple, there were a couple of, of causes of death. One was the, the smoke inhalation. Um, You know, in, in, All of that combustible material, it wouldn't take a whole lot to to incapacitate you or kill you. And then as that fire grew, the amount of heat that was being generated from all that fuel was was tremendous. Um, You know, fuel like that could, you know, easily generate temperatures over a thousand degrees. And then... In the panic and the rush is, and, and that's the other job of that that fire curtain, is to hide the fire so you don't have the panic. And during that panic, all those people oh. panicked and began to run out. And it was literally a stampede or a crush where people were running over each other and people were trampling each other. And, and some of the people never left their seats and they died right there. Some of the people um, made it, into the aisles but were were run over or stepped on and knocked down and then were were overcome by the smoke and the fire. Um, And some of the people that were able to get out onto that uh, fire escape um, literally fell to their death because there was no way to get off of it. And the fire was coming out, you know, eventually was coming out some of those doors. Again, all in all, Most of most of the people died within about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. So within about 15 minutes, uh, the fire department arrived and and most all of the people were that died. The the over 600 had died, had already died.
4: Just such a short period of time. What what have been some other regulations that have come about after this Iroquois theater fire?
5: So there, there are, you know, there are a number of things that, that have changed since uh, the Iroquois Theater Fire. One, mm-hmm. um, the exits can't be locked. And we still struggle with some of that at times today. You'll, you, you'll, you'll hear stories of, of nightclubs that have locked doors and things like that. Um, the um, buildings that have large occupancies, occupancies like that have to have a sprinkler system and a fire alarm and smoke detector system that was the other thing that when the fire broke out somebody had to run down the street to the alarm box to call for the fire department because phones weren't weren't common then uh-huh. so they had to go to a pull station uh, a block down the street and and by the time they got to the pull station and ran back it you know things had already happened so um, not only do we need to have that, that that fire resistant construction, we have to have materials in the theater that don't contribute to the fire or contribute to the fire spread. So that, that fire resistant material that, that is in the, the fabrics of the, the, the seats that you're in and the cushions that are there, um, the smoke detectors, um, the fact that all of those places have alarm systems and then have evacuation plans to get people out quickly um, in short periods of time. The other thing is limiting occupancy. So you can't put 1,800 to 2,000 people in a space that shouldn't have had 1,600 people. Um, that was one of the, the, the things that Chicago at the time didn't always enforce their codes and they added additional seating that was was not approved for the space or the design. So that, that seating was even larger than it was supposed to be.
4: So let's, you know, picture the worst case scenario. And let's say we're in a theater, it's packed or watching a performance and a fire erupts. How would you suggest someone like me handle this unfortunate situation.
5: So, so a couple of things. One, when you come into the theater, know where you are, know where the exits are, know how to get to the exits. um, And, and think about how would I get out of here in the event of any kind of emergency, whether it was a fire or um, somebody, somebody that meant to do you harm or whatever that is that, that you thought that out. Two is to, to make sure that you understand that the closest, easiest exit to get to wasn't necessarily the exit you entered from. And that was one of the challenges. Everybody was had come up through the foyer, and everybody wanted to leave through the foyer. They didn't want to, mm. you know, they didn't think to leave through the fire exits. They didn't li- think to leave through these other ways. So, you know, think about before it ever happens how you would get up. And when something happens, don't hesitate, get out of the building, get out of the building in an orderly fashion, um, you know, make sure that, you, you know, if you have children and stuff, you're keeping track of them so you don't lose them, but, but don't, you know, as soon as you don't feel that things are right, leave.
2: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Alarmist. So... I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful to have you here right now to give us all of these tips. I, I have to ask you, what are some other general fire safety tips that every listener should know about just in general?
5: So, one, fire is nothing like you see on TV. The combustible materials that are in your house, and, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them, they're all made out of plastics and foams and synthetic materials. Think of every single item like that, including your TV and your furniture. That 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 chipboard that that's part of your um, my desk here, or that that synthetic material that's in the carpeting or my my wall coverings. All of that is a solid form of gasoline. So it's going to make a tremendous amount of dirty black smoke, and and it'll happen oh. very quickly. It'll ge- generate wow. a tremendous amount of heat. So. To get you the most notice possible, make sure your smoke detectors work and they always have batteries. And I get it. Sometimes when you cook, um, the smoke detector is going to go off. Open the windows. Don't disconnect that smoke detector because that's probably one of the two most important smoke detectors in your house. The one in the kitchen, the one in the furnace room, or in, in, in wherever you have your heating are probably two of the most important though. They're, they're all important. Um, If the smoke detector goes out, do a quick check, figure out, is it a malfunction? And if, if, if you have any doubt, get out of the building. And once you've left the building, never ever go back in. Don't go in for any, any pets. Don't go in for any stuff. Um, I can't tell you the risk you take. And and the, the likelihood of death if somebody enters back into a building once they get out of.
4: You know, at the end of the day, uh, finally, uh, I have to ask your opinion. And I think I know what you're going to say. But uh, do you think that the Iroquois theater fire could have been pre- prevented?
5: I don't know that the fire could have been prevented because the the the, elect, the electrical systems at the time weren't as reliable as they are now but the the magnitude and the death in the Iroquois theater could have been greatly reduced if if they'd have just followed the codes that were in place at the time and and the 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 community enforced the codes that were in place. And if um, people thought about the risk of a fire, uh, you know, again, the people that own the theater assume that they're never going to have a problem, even though, there have been many problems across the country. They just assumed it's never going to happen to us, so they didn't. They didn't prepare the the, the stagehands. They didn't prepare the ushers. They didn't prepare. They literally didn't prepare the building to, to deal with a fire. Mm. So, you know, all of those things could have maybe not prevented the fire, um, but could have greatly reduced the fire if if the the uh, asbestos curtain had been tested and functional and whatever obstructed it had done its job. You could have maybe given people more time to get out. You may not have stopped it, but you'd have given people time. Um, the people, when the fire was detected, initially thought it was part of the show. So they sat there and watched it. And, and we've seen that in other situations, um the the uh station nightclub in Rhode Island in two thousand and three, um, that that pyrotechnics started some foam acoustical material on the stage on fire, people thought it was part of the show and didn't evacuate. Oh. So so is as, as much as is I'd love to tell you that that a hundred and twenty years ago they learn something and we don't do that anymore. We still have some of the same problems that, that occurred back then. Um, and, you know, it's human nature. Yes. To, to not assume that, that something bad could happen to me and not necessarily think it through and prepare. And, you know, we, we, we teach the, the grade school children um, all of these uh, fire safety things and um, have an escape plan have a rally point, um, realize that, that you can't cook things and, and leave them unattended, and that, that, that careless use of smoking materials are dangerous and all of those kind of things. But at some point in time, as we get older, we lose track of those things because we come become somewhat complacent.
4: Well, that's why we're here at The Alarmist, to remind people to always assume that it can happen. Stay alarmed.
5: <laughs> Stay alarmed.
4: <laughs> well... Chief Keegan, thank you so much for joining us today, and you know, helping us stay alarmed.
5: Well, thank you for having me, and this was this was a uh, great fun. I thank you very much. I enjoyed our conversation.
4: With us today, we have fact checker Chris Smith.
1: Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Hi, Alarmy.
4: And I've got news for everyone. Oh no! Don't it, say it. It's just the two of us. What?
1: <laughs> this is not what I signed up for.
4: I know. It's not what I signed up for either.
1: Who's going to let us do our thing? That's what Amanda's here for. I
4: know. It's like we're going to be fighting against, against doing our thing now because she's just not here to let us do it.
1: I'm going to do my thing, but you can do whatever you want. Where is Amanda today, you know, by the way?
4: Uh taking it is a much needed break. She's taking a break and this is already, by the time this airs, it's going to be too late, people but it is Amanda's birthday today. today. So you can send your belated uh, birthday uh, wishes Mm -hmm. to Amanda um, here at The Alarmist. We will accept those.
1: Yeah, we'll accept belated. (laughs) I mean, in the podcast space, which we are in, um, time is very relative (laughs) when we record things and when things uh, get put out there. So the alarm is always a week behind. It's sort of like Australia. Like Australia is like a day ahead of us.
4: (laughs) So, I mean, I'm... Just so happy that we were able to get Chief Keegan uh, for this episode because I've always had so many questions about fire safety and wow, did he blow my mind.
1: Yes, this was the (laughs) equivalent of, you know, the average person meeting like Captain America or something, Rebecca, (laughs) Rebecca meeting um, a fire chief. Uh, He was awesome. He did a great, um, I I felt, I felt like he was super knowledgeable about the subject, as are a lot of our experts. But yeah, it was really great to hear from somebody who thinks about this kind of stuff.
4: Totally. I mean, the guy is thinking, it's like, it's everything I want. I, everything i'm preparing you for you just want to go just... into the
1: matrix chair and have somebody <laughs> download the information he knows about fire safety into your brain
4: yes i need it i want I it I,
1: tot- <laughs> I totally get
4: that um so and and he just said so many things that uh, about this terrible tragedy that uh, we hadn't even put up on the board i mean
1: yes i'm for... thinking the scissor gates the gates that were in between the
4: Yes, and we discussed them, but we never put them up on the board. Another thing was that they didn't have sprinklers. He said sprinklers would have gone a long way.
1: Anybody who's on a hot summer day, you know, gotten some respite from the heat by running through sprinklers on their front lawn knows how effective sprinklers can be with regards to heat.
4: That's right. And had they just had a few sprinklers Mm. by the stage, then you know, this fire would have been put out easily.
1: Yeah. Another thing he brought up, which I can't believe I hadn't thought of this being from a theater background, which Mm -hmm. we are, as everybody knows, (laughs) was that they were worried. The reason why the doors were locked was because they were worried that people were going to be trying to get into the theater. Was the theater too good? Was the show too entertaining? Too good. Yeah. When you're performing up there and you're in the zone, like you can tell like, whoa, like this is really good. Like I I have them in the palm of my hands. You have the theater, (laughs) the audience in the palm of your hands. You know, you are just, I mean, it's just going really well. Now, perhaps the theater should have been a bit more, the show could have been a bit more boring.
4: A little bit more boring. You could have been looking where your exits are.
1: That's right. If it's a it little bit more just been easier boring. to access the exits yeah. because it wouldn't, wouldn't have been so many people in there.
4: Now something he mentioned was the in like they were unfamiliar with the locking systems. I guess it was like a European lock that these uh, right. doors had. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a, a, a they common mean, lock. They
1: measured it in centimeters instead of inches or something.
4: <laughs> no, I mean, but something like that in the lock world, right? Whatever that is in the, the lock world. Yes. But the people just didn't know it it wasn't natural. And again, we got to remember it was the theater had only been open for four and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. So they were still getting used to everything. Yeah. Oh, and another one. Oh, boy. The not testing the curtains, not having uh, fire drills.
1: Right. That's a big one.
4: We know how important those fire drills are.
1: Drills. Not only
4: do they get you out of class for you know a, f- a f- right. 15 minutes right but they're yeah. very important
1: they are remember that getting outside that was the best when you were a kid you <laughs> used to get to be able to go outside i mean look we not to bring it back to acting but in the theater world we have this thing called rehearsal okay right. and whoever's off book earliest in rehearsals has the best opening night performance that's just the truth so rehearsals is another word for drills is basically
4: mm, yeah you like, know what chris fire drills
1: play rehearsals they're sort of c- c- they're synonymous c- cinnamon 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 based. cinnamon based
4: chris it is true right. the world is a stage
1: <laughs> the world is a stage all the world is a stage. literally shakespeare was not effing around
4: no he gets it shakespeare understood the importance of fire safety drills.
1: The other thing I wanted to bring up the vent installation. So mm. wasn't great. Right. But yeah. then he also mentioned that it got cold and somebody boarded oh. up the vent.
4: Goodness gracious. Goodness
1: gracious me. Oh my. So, I mean, could we blame the Chicago that cause we've been to Chicago in the winter and it is frigging cold. <laughs> well,
4: can we blame the cold? Good question. Because I had literally written down the air. We air. should have blamed the air because it is it's the biggest... Th- it's yeah, food, it's for, food fire. for fire. We should blame air. We
1: should blame, blame but air. But if we do oxygen.
4: blame air, how will we survive?
1: Well, that's a good question because we are relying on lungs. We have l- lungs provide... We get our oxygen through lungs. Lungs turn the oxygen into something... <laughs> And then blood CO two goes to our <laughs> I don't know, but rest of our body I don't know exactly how that works, but I get the general sense of it. And we need air to survive, so it would be hard to blame air. And also, I'll be honest with you, it'd be really hard to keep air in prison in, in, the, in, in the alarmist jail. <laughs> I have
4: you, no, we do have airlock safety. We can have airlock safety. We would have to safety. do
1: basically a vacuum seal. A vacuum a seal. Do you realize how expensive that would be in the alarmist <laughs> jail to get an upgrade? to a vacuum sealed cell. I mean, like we could do it. We could, we have been getting some tips yeah. on, on the ACAST tip.
4: Thing. Right, right. Yes. Our so ACAST maybe supporters. Maybe we could
1: upgrade one cell. Yeah. To the we're going to need a seal, few more tips for, from
4: our ACAST supporters. If we're going to get that, um, vacuum seal right. for the right. alarmist jail that we're going to need for right. air to go to our jail. Um, yeah. And, and, Although I wouldn't mind putting the cold in the alarmist jail, <laughs> personally, <laughs> I'm a warm. Bl- I-, I love. From I Miami, love warmth. You, live in you know SoCal. exactly. I don't need the cold. No, nope. I'm not gonna. I. I-, I- I've I've tried ice skating. I've tried snow, mm-hmm. whatever. It's not shooing, but we
1: did uh, ice. Wo- we did what was it called? Uh, snow cross country skiing. Cross
4: country skiing when we were in Montreal. I'm not going to miss it, and I'm sorry to the people who love it, but I'm not going to miss it. It's hard to
1: call that a sport, in my opinion. <laughs> I again. Yes. We
4: digress. We digress. We go. Let's not. No, go there. no, we're not going to go there. We're we we don't be- want to insult our Canadian listeners. No, no, no. We, we love know. The Canadians.
1: <laughs> We've already we've already done too much damage internationally. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, w- the question is, Rebecca, did uh, what Chief Jim say yeah. today make you want to change our verdict? What did we go with, first of all?
4: What well, did we
1: put in the alarmist jail?
4: We ended up going with the theater owners who... Right. Um, and, and let me just... Double check that, but I know that the city officials definitely. And
1: we don't want to have got the the slap. We want to give this full clip. We don't want to have give Amanda any editing. Yeah, on her birthday week.
4: (laughs) No, 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 no. This is going to go. This is smooth. This is
1: going to be super smooth. Yeah, no, we
4: did send the theater owners to the alarmist jail and the corrupt city officials
1: got the big got
4: the big slap. Now I. Look, In, I, I to think.
1: Note, sorry, before yeah. you go, interesting to note that uh, Chief Jim could not give he 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 couldn't because of his job to say who's to blame. Right, It was we, part of the part of how we got him to get. To be interviewed, but
4: you know what? We got so much information from him oh, that yeah. we didn't even need him no, to we, answer we didn't the question. Need we will
1: go there. We'll he didn't need yeah. to go there.
4: <laughs> My job. It's li- I'm. Li- we, I literally we, have well, we to go say towards who's fire. to blame.
1: We and you, <laughs> We go towards this fire. We'll go towards this fire. He goes towards the real fire. He
4: goes towards real fires. But we'll go towards yeah. this fire. Yes. Of, And in my job, I have to decide who's to blame. And I think that I'm going to stick to my guns here, and I'm going to stay with the theater owners because they could have put all of these. They could have put sprinklers, Chris. Right. This is uh, it's a big sprinkler
1: sprinkler technology was available. Yes.
4: Um. There was no water in the theater. Why wasn't there water for a hose? There was a there was a literal (laughs) fireman. right that that had to be at the theater but you're not going to get baking
1: powder from what i (laughs) understand. exactly just just baking soda
4: like literally you're not going to give the fireman a like a water hose it's like and it's funny (laughs) they
1: called the thing that they they had he said they, they have a tool the fire and it was called a stop fire yeah. Which is totally relative if it's able to. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't really call it that no. after.
4: No, no, no. And, so, it, 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 I mean, it's silly. It's like he might as well have been another audience member. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, that that was a major f- a fail on the part of the theater owner. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm sticking with the verdict. We're right. not changing everything. I feel good about it. And, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad we have uh, had a Chief Jim to... To give us all of those tips, remember everyone, everything, a fire is not like it is on TV and no. stay alarmed.
1: Stay alarmed. Love. Take a look
4: around. He is my people. He is my people.
1: You know what it was too, just before we <laughs> sign off here? Yeah. I also think there, there should be, we should they should let people in the theater through, it, it's nice that they can all come in through the lobby or whatever, mm-hmm. but they should also let people in through the exit so they know where they are. I, I thought that Ideally, was yes.
4: I, I I, think I understand why you would think that.
1: But it would be hard to keep track and, and take tickets. And
4: exactly. Your, your, your costs, you know, you got to have everyone at the you door, you know. Basically but business. in all fairness, a lot of theaters already do that.
1: Yeah, that's true. There are
4: multiple entrances, um, especially like an arena. Well, you and can enter through a big, bunch. of now have bright
1: exit signs over most of the door. Yeah,
4: the, but again... Lights. Some of the same stuff is still happening. If you see a fire on stage, don't just sit there. Right. Trust your gut, and like Chief Jim Keegan said, get out of there. Just yeah. get out yep. and don't yep. go back in. Yep. Um, well, you know, that's, that's all we have for today, but uh, everyone stay tuned next week. We are going to be covering the Bernie Madoff scheme. Powered by ACASP.
2: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns